Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll continue our study in Mark by focusing on chapter 8, verses 31 through 34. You may remember from last week, if you joined us, that Jesus asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they had various responses. Then he asked the disciples, Who do you say that I am? And what a contrast we see today. Peter then, who Jesus used mightily as one of his most faithful and effective disciples, whose human failures are often portrayed in Scripture, gave an A-plus answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus gave him zero personal credit for the A-plus response. Then almost immediately, Peter gives another response to another statement of Jesus. And this time, Jesus gives it an F. And if you're thinking that, of course, a fair teacher who doesn't give credit for an A-plus response will most certainly not give credit for an F response, you're going to be disappointed. Jesus gave him full credit for this one, and he also gave credit to another. Pastor Jim will unravel the confusion for you as you listen to today's slice of the message entitled, How the Flesh Does Religion. It's man's feeble, proud, always doomed attempt to make God like him better without dealing with the real problem of sin, which can be solved only by the sacrifice of Christ. What is it that really offends God? Well, hypocrisy, right there at the top, pretending to be spiritual while you create a system to cover up your own real sins. Phony worship certainly offends God. Singing the songs or praying the prayers or simply talking about the virtues of God but refusing to let Him change your heart. And certainly what he's getting to here is substituting man's ideas for God's Word or elevating man's ideas to equal authority as God's Word. That always means that God's Word gets squeezed out. Now, what was Jesus quoting there? You'll find it in the Old Testament in Isaiah 29, 13. And Jesus was giving an inspired application of what Isaiah said back then. And there um, he says that what Isaiah said in his context was also a prophecy of you hypocrites. Jesus was very fond of using that phrase, by the way, to describe the Pharisees. Make sure that Jesus would never say that about you. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me, teaching something other than what I say. Let's move on. Those who love to be offended, the legalists. Legalism case study, they had all these things they added to the Bible. Self-righteous talk, well, why would your disciples do that? The root of legalism is teaching as doctrines, the precepts of men, and then with full sarcasm intended. Let's look at the next six verses, or next five verses. How to dodge inconvenient commands. Here's the crux of the whole thing. Every time you let traditions or personal convictions become as important to you as the Word of God is, you negate the power of God's Word in your life on that subject. 
Now, what did he mean by quoting Isaiah? It's pretty clear, but now he illustrates. Verses 9 through 13. We're going to dig down a little bit deeper toward the bottom of that iceberg. He was also saying to them, oh, he just called them hypocrites, right? Here's what he says now. You are experts. And I'm sure they heard those words and thought, yes, we are. We have the degrees. We've studied all the rabbis. Why, we can quote it in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. Ah, But he didn't stop there. You are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. What does he mean by that? Well, look at a contrast here. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. What's that? It's the fifth commandment. It's not ambiguous. It's crystal clear. Moses said, quoting the fifth commandment, But you say... Now, here's this convoluted example that he uses. But you say, If a man says to his father or his mother... Whatever I have that would help you is korban, C-O-R-B-A-N, Hebrew word. That is to say, given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down, and you do, here he is again, Many things such as that. So, Moses said this, and you say this. Now, what's the problem with with this? Here's Here's the deal. Honor your father and mother is very clear. And throughout the Scriptures, it doesn't take very much homework to discover that one of the applications of honor your father and mother is that you are obligated to God to care for your parents in the twilight of their lives. You don't just honor them when you're a teenager. You honor them to the grave. Now, the Pharisees and the scribes had come up with this convoluted batch of logic that made it sound spiritual to take any portion of your possessions or your income and declare it Corban, which means given to God. So here's how they work that. If you pledged that amount as a gift to God, then you would be pledging to give it to the work of the temple. And if you used it for anything else, you would be sinning against God because you would be breaking your vow. And that included using it to help your parents. It was a loophole that you could apply to negate the fifth commandment. Now, It's worse than that. They had so twisted their thinking that they actually came up with a sub-rule by which you could believe that you would be sinning if you obeyed the Ten Commandments. But it's even worse than that. The Talmud says, after you took a vow of Corban, you were not bound to actually dedicate the things to the temple. You could keep it indefinitely for your own use or you could give it to someone else. You were only prohibited from giving it to the person that you had in mind when you invoked Corban to not help him. 
is that just wicked or what? It was a selective and specific negative vow with no limits. Well, gee, Mom, it's too bad they're turning off your electricity tomorrow. I, I, I would pay the bill, but the money for that is dedicated to the temple, so I can't do it. I'll call you when I get back from Hawaii. And now, except for the Hawaii part, that's what they were doing. And Jesus chose that as just one of myriad examples. There are many things like that, he said. Now, you can think of this, like I said, as an introduction to the next paragraph in Mark. It's all about the real issue of your heart in the sight of God. My friends, there's a, there's a couple of major problems with legalism. One of them is that when you add anything to the Word of God, you negate the authority of the Word of God. But here's something else. Legalism never works. Never. Not ever. No one has ever gotten closer to God by keeping a rule or a regulation. I've heard, I've heard it said, well, you know, some people just, they, they need those rules and regulations. Well, maybe to stay out of jail, it might help. But listen, you need to fear God, not the consequences of breaking a man-made rule. The issue is your heart, and that's where we're going next time. The gospel is the message that the only way your sin can be removed and that you can be reconciled to God is by the finished work of Jesus Christ. You can't do it by keeping rules. You can only do it by putting your trust in Him and Him alone to apply the atonement that you need. You want to know the real problem you have? It's not that you haven't worked hard enough to try to get God to like you. In your sin, He doesn't like you a little bit. But as a child, as a creation of His, created in His image, He loves you perfectly. So much that He gave His only begotten Son so that if you'll believe in Him, you won't perish. You can have eternal life. But the problem is your heart. It's inside you. I'm sure you've heard the advice. The world says it all the time. Follow your heart. Now, by the time you understand what Jesus says next, you'll know that follow your heart is terrible advice. Follow the Lord. Now, I, I, I know what that means. Okay, you've, you've been accepted to four different colleges. Good for you. Follow your heart. I mean, you know, what, which one do you prefer? Okay, and in that sense, I can take that. But when you understand the theological meaning of heart, you will never tell anyone, follow your heart. The message of the Bible is not reform your behavior so that God will like you a little better. That doesn't work. The message is turn from your sin and cry out to God, the one whom you've offended in your sin. Cry out to Him to save you by applying the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, on your behalf. Oh, and by the way, you do that, you will change. There will be reformation. You will come to learn to hate your sin. You will want to put to death sin. You'll want to mortify sin. But that will be because you're responding to His grace. You're not trying to do it on the 
power of your own flesh. Let's pray. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.